With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Over Canterbury, 30. Brisbane, 32. Manly, 6. So wins for the Raiders and the Broncos. The Raiders have now won four straight. They go to sixth on the live ladder. They're five and four. And Brisbane, they'll finish the round in first position again. They're eight and two. For me, there were all sorts of origin players sticking their hands up last night. Corey Horsburgh, 148 run metres, 78 of them post-contact, four tackle busts. Mitch Jennings, does Corey, does Big Red play in Marone very shortly? Oh, absolutely. I don't know how you could leave him out. We know how much Queensland loves red, a red-headed back rower as well. So. But I I think, and I, know, I heard some comments about Billy Slater, uh, from Billy Slater uh, a couple of weeks back, just talking about, you know, the depth they have in the middle and obviously some, some new contenders that have emerged, you know, in the middle stocks for Queensland. Jermaine Hopgood, probably another one, but the way Billy's looking very closely at obviously those carries, we all see that, but Billy's been really impressed with his work off the ball, so getting across and making tackles and popping up where, you know, middle forwards probably should, and that's the type of thing that Billy Slater, and anyone who's familiar with, you know, origin footy, probably look at more than, uh, you know, the big, you know, eye-catching carries, so he's certainly on Billy's radar, and I absolutely think he's going to be in a, in a Maroons jumper sooner, sooner than later. And Matty Campbell, Brisbane, big winners against Manly. The Sea Eagles in a real hole at the moment. Reese Walsh, two try assists, 11 tackle busts. Mm. Plenty saying he's going to be the fullback for Queensland. Selwyn Cobbo, three tries. He'll be on a wing for Queensland. But Payne Haas, 20 carries, 189 run metres. He'll be in the front row for New South Wales. Yes. I'm, so it was a night where Origin players said, look at me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Stand up. The big players stood up last night, and I thought it was outstanding. And I think that stage, as, as Mitch spoke about the the way that magic round is as progressing it, it is something i think the players are getting up for and you saw that last night with the with the stars of the game standing up putting their hand up saying i'm going to grab my team put them on their shoulders and let's get a win hey mitch what did you make of the broncos playing surface suncorp stadium it's more than just the broncos playing surface but last night it did chop up a little i'm wary with three games today three games tomorrow what did your uh, keen eyes observe yeah, absolutely, Matty. I share your, I share your concerns. And I, let's be honest, we probably, uh, we've had these concerns for, for a little while. The Suncorp surface has been, you know, a bit questionable even, you know, prior to this weekend. And when you've got this many games getting played on it, uh, yeah, there's got to be huge concerns for the surface to, you know, not to try to put a negative spin on, you know, what's such a positive, what's such a great sort of spectacle. But, uh, yeah, I think people got to be looking at the surface very, very carefully because uh, not looking great. It's probably looking... The worst it has since uh, the infamous Sandcorp game back in Origin mm. when they <laughs> they freshly laid U Stadium and looked like they were playing on uh, on North Dong Beach. So <laughs> it's better than that, but uh, yeah, it's not looking flash. So yeah, interesting to see how it holds up with uh, with so many more games to come. There are some really bad rugs slash plugs here on the players at the Wollongong Golf Club <laughs> that look better than the Suncorp Stadium playing surface. That's saying something. I've got a question for both of you. I couldn't help but notice last night as they took shots of Ricky Stewart in the Raiders coaches box that Alan Jones, broadcasting legend, was over his shoulder. And it got me thinking, who's the biggest presence 
to watch you do your work and maybe put you off a little bit. I'll, I'll go first because I was reading the news at Fox Sports News once and in burst Patrick Delaney, CEO of Foxtel, mm-hmm. and with him was Eddie Maguire. And I'm in this big, dark uh, studio by myself because it's all done electronically, uh, reading the news. And over the camera that I'm looking at was the CEO of Foxtel and Eddie Maguire just seeing how it all worked. And it's amazing. You're probably broadcasting to a few thousand people, but when you add two people to that very sterile environment, it's freaky. (laughs) It throws you off your game. When you were playing, Matt Campbell, more than 500 games for... Uh, the Hawkies. Did you have a presence one day that threw you a little bit? Oh, not really. Not as a player. I was pretty good at being able to block all that. Uh, yep, pretty good at blo- blocking that stuff out. I must admit, now in the NBL, for for the listeners that don't know, when you're on the foul line now, if you miss your first foul shot when you're on a away venue, <laughs> yes. if you miss the second, the whole crowd or the whole state gets hungry jacks. Cheeseburgers. Free cheeseburgers. That's right. So that pressure, I, I see it as extreme. So, I'm, I mean, it, I, that would have been something that I wouldn't have liked to be involved with, but something that's great for the crowds in the NBL. Jenna, as you were belting the typewriter, if you had someone lean over your shoulder who freaked you out? Matty, I can't think of anyone that's sort of done that over my shoulder, but one instance I can remember was my favourite all-time, you know, by Winks length, Winks like length, is the great Darren Lockyer. I've never seen a better player. I've never enjoyed watching a player more. He was just a god in my household growing up. And it was down at a game. He obviously is working with Channel 9. and he was, We were down in a game there. He's obviously got people around him for the most part. You see him in a crowd. It's not too, you know, off-putting. He's, you know, but I was down there in the bowels of Wynn Stadium after a, a test match. And he was just sitting in the tunnel there waiting for, uh, waiting to do an interview or whatever he was waiting to do. And it was a completely empty tunnel. And it was just myself and him sitting down there and I walked past and I couldn't bring myself to say anything. Uh, as few players, you know, Matty, once you're in the job we're in, uh, the glass shatters a little bit. There's very few people that you get starstruck by, but I was absolutely starstruck by Darren Lockyer. He was sitting there. When I looked back, I realised he wasn't even sitting on a chair. He was just floating. The great Darren Lockyer. So that's probably my... <laughs> I had moment, something similar. Uh, in, ...in that realm. I had to host a, a Fox Sports or Fox League event and we were about to come on air and Peter Sterling walked in. Sterling walked in and said, oh, mate, there's a spare desk. Do you mind if I just sit here? No worries, Sterling. Off you go. So he was sitting right beneath the camera as myself and Scotty Sattler had to host the show. And you felt like you were being judged yeah, by yeah. the great Sterling right in front of you very early on in my Fox League days. We're going to take a break. And after the break, Mitch, stay with us. We'll look at the Dragons. There mm-hmm. are about 3,842 talking points when it comes to the Dragons. And, of course, the set of six will look at Magic Round in its entirety. Stay with us. Saturdays in the gong from the Wollongong Golf Club. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Just don't kill, don't kill the magic. I'm not ready to give up just yet. We can stay until we both forget. So, baby, don't kill, don't kill the magic. God, nothing can kill the magic at <laughs> 
Magic Round. Thanks for suggesting that song, Matt Campbell. Yeah, straight that, out of my playlist. That is Don't Kill the Magic by Magic. I've not actually heard of Magic before you Me suggested neither. that, but it certainly works here because Magic Round is underway. A couple of games last night, as we touched on, the Raiders beating the Bulldogs 34-30. The Broncos over the Sea Eagles 32-6. Good luck to the... Bouncers on Caxton Street today, all the security workers, because this is Armageddon for them. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Saturday oh, of Magic Round, three games finishing later tonight, Melbourne against South Sydney. So who, need, who needs the, uh, what do they call it, where King Charles, the coronation, that's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. Who needs the coronation when you've got Magic Round? We're joined by Illawarra Mercury Rugby League writer Mitch Jennings. Mitch, when it comes to talking St George Illawarra this week, this is your beat I just want to run through a couple of the storylines that would have flashed through your head. Lomax, Little, Jaden Hunt, Toby Couchman dropped. Ben Hunt maybe going to nine. Jaden Sullivan returning the bench. Jaden Sewer back from a shoulder injury on an edge. Makali Ravalawa back from a hamstring on a wing. Max Fiennay goes into the centres. Billy Burns returns as an edge forward. So it's a really nice settled lineup they're going with in Magic Round. Oh. Geno just I've, I've, I've bamboozled him mm-hmm. with all of that. So there's a lot there's a lot doing there. When you when you hear those changes, Matt Campbell, uh, well you can't accuse Anthony how well Corey Horsburgh played, how well Payne Haas played, how well Reese Walsh is going. A host of Origin players putting their hand up and say, look at us as we head into the rep season, including this man, a hat trick hero for the Brisbane Broncos. Boy gets the double pump and Cobo takes it. Dances along the sideline. He's going to go all the way. Selwyn Cobo. Goodbye. Three tries. Did it in 2022. Does it again in 2023. I love watching Selwyn Cobo, Matty Campbell, and I'm not a Broncos fan. What about mm, you? Yeah, like he just moves so fluently. And like when he got out there on that wing and just took off, no one was going to even get anywhere near him. And. Yeah, the way he's playing football right now, you could just he oozes that confidence, and I think, you know, his, his big things coming for that kid. Absolutely, and there were concerns for Manly given no Jake Trebojevic, he'll miss two to four weeks, big hole in the middle. Yep. Tom Trebojevic, Baz is still not moving freely through my eyes. What about yours? Yeah, um, I think there's some real concerns, isn't there? It, it feels like they need Turbo at a hundred percent to be anywhere near the mark this season and he's clearly not but what's going on with the seagulls i mean they got smacked by penrith they beat the storm and you thought okay they're on now this is this where their season starts and then you know scrambled their way to victory over the tigers then lost to the titans and then got thrashed again last night i mean to me there's some real alarm bells happening with the, the seagulls I, I think at their best they've got a, a squad that can challenge but um just, I mean, you know, I was at a, a, a pub in Wagga last night. I wasn't analysing the game uh, particularly closely by that stage, but I was too busy counting my Wicklow winnings from the cup. I just sensed the wheels were almost falling off there for the Seagulls. 
Yeah, I, look, I, I think the same thing. And it's interesting what you said. If they're at their best, they're competitive. But there's so many chinks in that armour, and I think it's an ageing armour. That's the bit for me is, like, what is the what is the, uh, what is the plan moving forward for the Seagulls? And we, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the Dragons with the way that Hook's now looking to change to try and showcase that he's been building in the background um, to try and get a bit of continuity into the future years. I'm looking at the Seagulls now and just a little bit of question about uh, how are the bodies holding up from some of the mm. older guys who are the superstars on that team and no doubt taking up a lot of that salary cap. Big money invested in Jake Drabojevic, Tom Drabojevic, question marks over both them right now and also of course the form issue with Josh Schuster. Uh, it's a long season though boys, remember that it is a long, long year. The Raiders, they gave up 53 points against Penrith, since then they've won four in a row, so mm. it can turn. Totally. That's, a, that's a positive for Manly, it can turn quickly. Baz, stay with us, uh, go and get a nice big cold glass of water because I want to go through a set of six regarding Magic Round right after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Uh, we haven't moved to the pokey room. We're still outside the Wollongong Golf Club. It's exactly Park, what it the, sounds like. Near, near the practice uh, putting greens. And, yeah, we're going to go to Banging the Gong. My favourite segment where we say something good about the gong or bad. We're banging the gong. You go first, Matt Campbell. Well, my banging the gong is about sporting facilities in the Illawarra. After seeing Wagga and how good Wagga's been able to put a stage with the cup, with the round with the NRL, and before that they had the regional academy games across all sports. This is the last three weeks in Wagga. What are we doing in the gong? Come on. Absolutely. More big events to the gong. I love that. My bang the gong surrounds Port Kembla. Now, it used to be famous for $2 hookers, $2 steaks, and fights for free, right? <laughs> but there are green shoots in Port Kembla. There are boutique bars. There's nice cafes, little restaurants. It is changing, and you feel as you walk the street of streets of Port Kembla, Wentworth Street, you yep. can sort of see, you can imagine the historical uh, chapters in this great little suburb, but it has been questionable in the past. There are green shoots there. Port Kembla is bouncing back, so bang the gong about Port Kembla. Thank you, Baz. You can go with Illawarra or Wagga Wagga, given you're on tour this weekend. What are you banging the gong about? Well, here's one. I'm tying them both together, so... I'm going to compare the beer prices. Yesterday at Murrumbidgee <laughs> Surf Club, the uh, the holy land of bracing in New South Wales, uh, seven dollars for a beer. The week, the previous week when I was at Dragons and Bulldogs, it's eleven dollars fifty for that exact same beer. So I'm banging the gold. It's, uh, it's not ideal for the punters up in Wollongong, especially when you can get a pint for nine dollars fifty at Dicey Riley's as well. <laughs> Too expensive in the gong. Appropriately priced in Wagga Wagga. A real quick set of six. Let's rip into this, boys. Today, Warriors against Penrith. The Panthers have lost all five games in the rain, including the World Cup Challenge, this year. So what happens today in Brisbane? Sunny 26 degrees against the Warriors, Matt Campbell. They bounce back. Well. Absolutely they do. Absolutely. Baz, Cronulla against the Dolphins. Cronulla's uh, last five scores, 44, 33, 22, 30, and 40. They're the highest-scoring team in the comp despite playing the bye. How many points today for 
Craig Fitzgibbon's Sharks against the Dolphins. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I think they might just open the Dolphins up today. I'm, uh, I'm really keen on the Sharks this season, so I'm going to say 38. 38? You go higher or lower? Well, lower, but I'm over 30. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, Melbourne against South. This blockbuster tonight. What a game. Melbourne with a great record against the Rabbitohs. But I want to ask about Alex Johnston. Game 200 for AJ tonight. 30 tries in each of his last two seasons, but only three this year. He needs another 44 to crack the all-time record of Ken Irvine's 212 tries. Does he get there? Yes or no, Matt Campbell? He's yes. 28. Yes. You're backing him in. Baz, you still backing him in? Yeah, for sure. And Jack Whiten coming on board next year, and they'll have more strike for him to score. So even though they're attacking left and right, they're more balanced, you've still got him setting the all-time record, and I agree with you. St. George Illawarra against West Tigers. Which stat dominates? Anthony Griffin winning 11 of 14 against the Tigers or losing nine straight at Suncor? <laughs> what stat are you going with there? His dominance against the Tigers or his winless run at Suncor? Oh, the dominance against the Tigers, I think they get up. Tim Barrow? Oh, I fear it's the winless run. I think uh, if the Dragons lose today, it might just be the catalyst for change that they, uh, they've they been waiting on. Roosters, North Queensland. Sam Walker not playing for the Roosters. Uh, six games so far this season. How many NRL games does he tally this year, Matty Campbell? Oh, I think it's only 12. Okay, righto. And I'll, I'll come straight to you with the sixth play, Tim Barrow. If you were at a pool bar in Bali this week and a group of Newcastle Knights swam up to you, would you buy them a drink or tip the drink over them? Oh, I think I'd just have to sympathise, wouldn't you? They've, they've, uh, they've suffered enough in, uh, in recent times, so yeah, I'll buy them a drink. <laughs> what would you be doing? Oh, yeah, I'm buying them a drink too. I'm They're probably them. a lot bigger than me. I'm not going to pour a drink over them. I can't fight. So there you go. Tim Barrow, <laughs> travel home safely. Enjoy the rest of your Wagga Wagga trip. Great to talk to you. We're back with more on Saturdays in the Gong right after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Close to my favourite song. Maybe it is. Akadaka's shoot to thrill. They are shooting and thrilling in the NBA right now. Matt Campbell 
NBL great. What's happening in the NBA? Well, heaps going on in the NBA, and the, the biggest story is New York. To be honest, uh, there's a there's a bunch of good stories coming out of there. New York have made their way into the Eastern Conference Finals, um, having sucked for a long time. Yeah, they've been terrible, and the city's going crazy. The other side, we've got the Warriors versus the Lakers. That's one all unbelievable series. You've got today, we've got Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. That series is arguably one of the best series that's going to be going around. And we've also got Denver and the Phoenix Suns. So NBA, it's unbelievable at the moment. So if you've got some time, check out the NBA. The, the level of skill with these guys is crazy. Quick tip, Celtics-Philly today. Who is that game, that series? Oh, I think the Celtics will get up now. I think um, Philly have played their cards, and I think they just roll on the Boston Celtics. Enjoy your Super Saturday, all three games on Fox League. Keep listening to Saturdays in the Gong through the app. On 1170 in Sydney, get your old Victor out. It's time for the Mowers Club. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Uh, good on you, Elton. I wonder whether Elton's going to feature at the coronation tonight. You'll be watching Matt Campbell Surely. glued to your television Can't set. Can't wait. Cannot wait Switch for that. all the sport off and watch the coronation. I'm, I'm sure Australia will be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> if I need to mass. sleep, I'll be on that. Absolutely. <laughs> Last year when we did Saturdays in the Gong, it seemed every Saturday morning we were here at the wonderful Wollongong Golf Club. It was pouring with rain mm-hmm. and the course was flooded. The weather has turned, hasn't it? We've had sunny morning after sunny morning so far this season. It's yeah, great. Yeah, it's been a classic. It's classic Wollongong weather right now it's beautiful like it's just a bit of Christmas in the air water temperature is still amazing so this is my favorite time of the year did you say Christmas crispness <laughs> crispness <laughs> I can't I can't talk my tongue gets tied yeah, off totally and Wollongong Golf Club our fantastic hosts we're also here thanks to Impact Garage Doors impacting homes for 20 years impactgaragedoors.com.au the Illawarra Mercury of course and Wollongong City Motors GWM Havel visit them for a test drive today and there's a new supporter of this great show. I'm pleased to announce that it is Ival Racing. Matt Campbell and myself, Matt Russell, we love our racing. We're experts at finding very slow racehorses. Yes. We, we are masters of that field. Luckily, Joe Ibel from Ibel Racing prepares some very fast ones. And he's joining us here at the Wollongong Golf Club. Joe, welcome to SEN. Thanks for backing Saturdays in the Gong. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Well, I tell you, we have been to this golf club now for two years, but we've also been to the Illawarra Turf Club mm-hmm. many, many times. Uh, we want to know your story. Where, where where did you come from now to be now based at Kembla Grange? Yeah, so it's a, a bit of a roundabout story. So I actually spent my teen years here in Wollongong with my family, went to school here, and then went off to Wagga Wagga, went to university, studied there, and then eventually found my way into to horse training and then worked my way back to Wollongong. So the plan was to always be, be based at Kemble Grange, but I felt that I needed to learn a bit, get a good grounding before I tested myself against the better quality trainers here. So five years in Maria, five years in Canberra, and now we've been back in the Gong for about a year and a half. You know the south coast of New South Wales, or southern New South Wales very well. Wagga Wagga, Maruya, Canberra, back to the Gong where you were schooled. So welcome back. And and what was it about horse training that got you involved in, in that field? Uh, that's a, a life Thing. My, my father was a trainer. I've uh, always had racehorses in the family, so um, 
I don't think my parents were too keen on me being a horse trainer, but it was a foregone conclusion from an early part of my life, so I, I was always going to do it. And, and uh, yeah, so at what point did you think I'm going to be a horse trainer? I always wanted to be one. Um, my parents pushed hard for me to become a vet. So okay. I went off to university and studied two years, and I thought, I can't do another five years of this. <laughs> uh, left there, went and got a job with Gay Waterhouse in Sydney, and I think at the end of my first morning, I rang my, my dad and I said, this is what I'm going to be doing. So, what was Gay like to work with? Uh, sensational. Yeah, the, those high-achieving people, when you work with them, you really get an understanding and appreciation of what makes them great. And it, they just have an uncanny knack on picking up on little things and their attention to detail. That's why they're at the top of their field. Do you look at something out of your time with Gay that still serves you well now? Was there a, a key saying, a key lesson that came out of spending time under uh, the Queen of Australian Racing? I think the main thing is she just... She puts everything into her horses and her staff, and she wants everything to be as good as it can be. And I think that's how you have to approach it. You, you can't do anything by half. Everything, you know, if you're going to do it, do it 100%. Yeah, the interesting thing for me about horse training that, that I guess the, the general punter wouldn't understand is just how intense and how how close like the the reality of having a horse is you know we we see it week in week out when we're we're betting normally mm. on the one that's losing and gets <laughs> gets the photo comes back and that's not my horse but that millimeters um between winning and losing um and then all the effort that goes into the behind the scenes to get it to that stage now i, I guess talk to us a little bit about how do you build a, a competitive racing team when it comes to being a horse trainer yeah it's it's a lot of time and a lot of effort. You, you have to make sure that you, you maintain your focus. The horses, they can't tell you what's going on with them or how they're feeling. So a lot of horse training is trying to understand the horse and how they're feeling. Uh, obviously, conditioning and, and feeding the horse and making sure that they're as happy and healthy as possible. But I think for me, being hands-on, being with the horses as much as I can, that's my competitive edge. And yeah, you, you have to love it because it's all-consuming. It's 24-7 every day of the year. So... It's something you can't go into and think, oh, I'll have a dabble at this. You really have to love it. We're speaking with Joe Eibel from Eibel Racing. You brought your racing manager, Tim Delios, down. Tim, great to see you here, as well as he salutes off microphone. They say never work with animals or children, but to touch on a point that Maddie was relating to a moment ago, uh, I imagine working with animals is very, very rewarding, but very, very frustrating. Almost like being a childcare uh, mm. operator, dealing with two-year-olds at times. It's exactly what it is. I was having this, this conversation with Tim Barrow at Wagga yesterday, actually, and he said the same thing. I said, he said, what's it like? And I said, well, you imagine a toddler. They can't tell you exactly what's wrong with them, but you have to just try and figure it out through trial and error and, and understanding them. So, yeah, it's... It's pretty much dealing with, with the children, yeah. It's a big effort to be in Wagga Wagga for the Gold Cup Carnival and make the long haul back last night to be here this morning. How was your Wagga Wagga Gold Cup Carnival experience? Enjoyable, as always. It's a great carnival. Uh, we took a couple of runners down. They didn't go as expected, um, but that's racing. You know, we, we went there thinking we had a couple of winners. I think we came away with a fifth and a sixth, but we'll be back again next year. It's one of the highlights of the year for sure. Why did you move from Canberra, where you were most recently operating, to Kembla Grange? Uh, to test myself, I think you know I, I want to be at the top of my field, and I've been working gradually back towards Sydney and, and the better racing. Uh, we want to attract better horses and and really make a good go of it. And I think Kembla's really well placed where it is. Great facility, perfect weather. Um, 
and it's home for me, so it's a homecoming as such, but, but also just wanting to target those races in Sydney on a Saturday more often. Well, it's interesting you say that. Like, what, what we've seen over the last few years um, in, in the uh, Kembla Grange down here in the Gong is that we've, we're seeing a move, a shift from the Sydney trainers to push a lot of their horses down to this area just for those those little bits of runs, the bits and pieces they need from for, for, for their stars. And, and we're seeing more and more of the Waller horses here, Gay Waterhouse's horses. It's a, it's a real breeding ground down here, I think, now to be part of that city environment, um, being so close. So... Yeah, it's, good it's, only getting, close. it's only getting closer, isn't it? Mm. The, with with road improvements, you know, you can you can make the trip much easier than you you once could. I want to go through a few rapid fire questions so listeners get to know Joe Eibel from Eibel Racing. How old are you, mate? Thirty-three. Okay, so you're a spring chicken in the in the racing world. Really, there wouldn't be too many horse trainers aged just over thirty, right? You'd be one of the younger ones. One of the younger ones, yeah. Yeah, but um, there's certainly some good young trainers around. Absolutely, and we love that. We love that. How many horses currently do you have in work? Uh, we've got 22 in work currently. Okay, and, and the size of your team, Joe? How many uh, you got at Eyeball Racing? There's you. We've spoken about Tim. Who, who else is involved there? Uh, we've got three track work riders, which they're essential. They're, they're great staff members, and we've got another three or four that help out with the groundwork, the, the grooming of the horses and cleaning of stables. How often do you find yourself onto the back of a horse? Very, very rare. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on the occasions you do, you hold on for grim life and say, off you go. That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not much good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. And, and since making the move, has it been what you expected it to be? Uh, the beginning was very tough. We, we moved. We had a plan to move here first week of July, uh, and it was just as the COVID lockdown came in. So that was, that was tough, moving a team of 20 horses, a family, our life in the middle of a lockdown mm. and then I think it rained for the first nine months we were here <laughs> everything flooded everything was wet uh, but the last 12 months has been fantastic <laughs> it's been uh, everything that I hoped for so you are the head trainer you've got your racing manager Tim Delios here you have to have a pretty good relationship what's the how long do you two go back uh, known each other about five or six years Tim bought a share in a horse with me and he turned up at the races one day and yeah, R- rest is history. That's it. Yep. Were, were you in Canberra then or Maruya? Canberra. Okay. Yeah. So how long did you spend training out of Maruya? Five years at Maruya. And and how long at Canberra? Five years there. Okay. Too. And you'll be here for fifty-five years. That's, Hopefully, that's, that's okay, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Very well, good. hang on. I'm doing the math in my head now. <laughs> You're only thirty-three. So twenty-three when you first started. 21. 21. 21. Wow. Okay. And, and what, was, what was the reaction from other people in the industry when you get a 21-year-old embarking on his, his horse training career? Um, I mean, everyone's very sceptical. Uh, <laughs> of course. And, and probably with justification. I mean, I was very green around the ears when I started. and I look back at how I trained horses then and, and how I do it now, and things have certainly changed. And you know, I had some horses back then. I wish I had them now because I would have done a lot better job with them. But you have to start somewhere, and you know, I'm, I'm very happy with it. The is it very much that way when you t- when you're training horses? Do you have to learn on the job? Like obviously, you know, you, you've you've been around the best. You've you've you take as much as you can out of that. But I assume that, like a toddler, there is no set rules on each individual horse about the way that you have to prepare them and train them to get the best out of them. Like, is it very much a a feel from your end that are there similarities between uh, certain horses as you've now got a bit more experience? Yeah, I think so. As you build up that mental database, the number of horses that come through, you can certainly pick up on things a lot quicker. Uh, but it's the sort of sort of pursuit where you're always learning something new all the all the time. Nothing's ever the same. But you know, you definitely need that experience. And 
yeah, it's something that can't be taught from a book. You just have to be hands on it and be involved. I'm fascinated by the personalities, the different personalities that horses have. And when I speak to my family about my very limited involving, involvement in horse racing, a lot of them think that a horse is a horse. But, but of course, that's not the case. You've got a, a range of personalities like humans, right? And, and working out their personalities and what works for them must be a trick of horse training. Is that accurate? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, each horse... They're complete individuals. No, no horse is the same. You have to tailor their programming, their feeding, um, even the time that you work them. Some horses like to work in the dark, some in the light. Uh, you know, inside another horse, outside another horse. Yeah, it, wet tracks, soft tracks. Everything's different. Every horse is different, and I think that's the key to to unlocking a horse's potential is understanding the horse and, and doing what's best for them. And you get the placid ones, you get the absolutely crazy ones, you get the highly strung ones, the relaxed ones, etc, etc. And then if I use my punters club as an example, we've got a very small share in a horse being prepared by the Eustace Mar Stables. That was before we heard of Eyeball Racing, quite obviously. <laughs> and we've had this horse uh, have bone bruising, so have to spend six months out and get full body scans. We've had to gild him because he was more interested in the fillies than, than actually concentrating <laughs> on pre pre-preparation uh we've got him being lazy when it comes to work there are this long list of problems when it comes to getting a horse to a track when you get to your first race you've really won already that that's where you've won is that is that accurate yeah definitely getting the horse to the races is a big achievement if they can win a race that's even better yeah um, so yeah you see a lot of these horses go through the sales and make a lot of money but 60 percent of those that go through the sales make the track so there's there's a lot that yeah. don't actually make it so yeah getting the horse there is, is a big thing and getting one that can win is even better yeah, but, we, but we don't want to turn people off Matty do we because no, this, this is this is I found it's it exciting is exciting rewarding uh, money well spent mm. uh, it's, it, it's and, and I want to tap into that with eyeball racing if people want to get involved with with racehorse ownership or it doesn't even have to be ownership I imagine they can get involved with eyeball racing in, in a number of ways tell yeah, us how that's it that, that's what we want people to understand is to come and enjoy the, the full experience instead of just watching a horse race on TV come to the stables meet the horse watch it work see its daily routine and just get to know the animal we like to do a lot of functions with our owners as well away from the racetrack and just create a community around it I think that's more important and we're selling an experience so we want everyone to have an enjoyable time and and really get involved and and my mind ticks as you say that even if there were people listening in the aura who said i can't afford to own a racehorse but i but i love the industry I, I like getting to know the people they could come down and shake your hand and say do you mind if i spend 10 minutes looking around i imagine you'd say no dramas and let them know that well you know what horses you've got running each week so they can be quasi racehorse owners get to know the eyeball racing team and get to follow their horses each weekend that's it that's exactly right yeah, building that community just getting people to understand that they can yeah, be involved. You don't have to fork up the money, but come and enjoy it and be part of it. Yeah, it sounds so so exciting. Now, what's the excitement from your point of view? Obviously, you see when when we watch it on the on the TV on the weekends, you see the tra uh, like the the owners jumping up and down and going crazy when the horse wins. How do you go from as a trainer? Like, what's is that the excitement? Is it is it is the excitement just getting the horses to the track, seeing what they've done in the preparation, or do you still get that real thrill when a horse gets over the line? Nothing beats a winner. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what we do it for to go past the post first. Uh, I don't know how many times we've won races, but the thrill is always the same. We, you know, whether it's a maiden at Maruya or a win in Sydney, it's the exact same. Uh, and I think that's that's the same for owners as well. If you can get a win, there's no feeling quite like it. Tell us about some of the better horses you've had, some of the winners you've had during your journey that, that uh, have pride of place in the trophy room, if I can put it that way. Yeah, probably 
my, my first good horse was a mare called Vision and Verse. I had her quite early in my career and she won three races really quickly uh, at Hawkesbury and Kembla Grange and she went and placed in Sydney. She unfortunately broke down but uh, we've now got uh, a son of hers in the stable, a two-year-old colt um, and he he looks quite nice so that's exciting. Unnamed? Uh, he has a name, his name is Jin Soku. Okay. Um, mm. So that's it's good I've sort of reached this part of my career now where I can start to train the, the progeny of good horses that I've had in the past. So he's one that we're really looking forward to. And what about some of the owners that you've you've dealt with? Am I right in thinking that Jerry Harvey had, had an interest in eyeball racing? Yeah, he still does. Uh, we've got one horse for him at the moment. He's always had uh, a horse or two with us. And one of my better horses, Sepulka, was, was one of Mr. Harvey's, and she won seven races. We took her up to the Magic Millions race day and, and ran up there. She didn't do great, but we had a, a really good time. And, uh, <laughs> what yeah. a vote of confidence that is, to have Jerry Harvey, you know, like from Harvey Norman, a, a behemoth of the racing industry, saying, I, I believe in Joe Ibel enough to give you uh, a horse and some of my horses. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really good, and, and Jerry is a great supporter of the industry, and especially uh, the younger people in the game. He gives everyone a, a go. And what about uh, aims and goals? Where will eyeball racing go over the next 12 months, 5 years, 10 years? What's the dream, Joe? Uh, the dream is to be uh, Chris Waller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I, I don't like to cap my, my expectations. I want to be the best at what I do. So, you know, we're, we're starting from a, a small base, but so, so did he, so did Kieran Ma. You have to start somewhere, and I think I've given myself a good grounding and got a really good team around me now where we can just keep building and getting better year on year. Well, when you mention the, the team around you, what's Tim's worst habit? What's the worst part about having him with you <laughs> in the stables day in, day out? Come on, dish the dirt, because I'm going to, in the ad break, get him to return fire. So off you go first. Uh, his worst habit is that he nags me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you want the racing manager doing, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's good, but sometimes <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> You've come to blows yet, I hope. <laughs> no, no way. No, okay, very good. Well, I'll tell you what, stay with us, Joe. We're going to take a quick break, then we're going to come back and talk more racing and more sport. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong, now proudly backed also by Eyeball Racing. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Ah, it's amazing what you learn during an ad break. Joe Eibel from Eibel Racing, one of his many talents is karaoke. I'll get to that in a moment. But Matty Campbell, <laughs> we're here at Wollongong Golf Club and yeah, the day just gets better and better. Top of 22 degrees, it's perfect weather. Uh, you played during the week and the course was playing magnificently, I trust? Yeah, yeah, the course is in great nick at the moment. Was Matt so. Campbell in great nick? I was for 10 holes, absolutely. Uh, arguably the best I've ever played for Ooh. 10 holes and what, what sparked the improvement? Well, YouTube, um, as, as everybody does, same when you get a little bit of a sniffle or something. So you you've, do, changed, you go the, to you've changed the website to the, you go to, to that's good. Google. YouTube helps, yep. yeah, keep going. And then that, what did that take out of your game or put into your game? Yeah, just the follow through, like it's, you always pick up on something. The, the game of golf is got so many elements to it and uh, yeah, the, the, I thought I had the, the reasoning and I thought it was a, one of those moments where I went, I've got this uh, and it was great for 10 holes and then capitulated for the other eight and brought me back down to earth and now I'm just a, just a regular punter like I Well Joe um, Ibel from Ibel Racing you play golf and you played, what, at Wagga Wagga as part of the Gold Cup Carnival? Yeah, we had a round yesterday um, 
after a big night out Thursday. It wasn't too great, but it was good to get out there. <laughs> Who played better, yourself or racing manager Tim Delios? Oh, I think I had his measure yesterday. Okay, towelled him up. That's good. He's shaking his head. And when it comes to your bad traits, you've already dished on Tim. He said that you're not real good commanding the punters club. You've got some errant ways there. Yeah, I do get carried away. With <laughs> every punters club needs oh someone who gets God. carried away. Trust me, every punters club needs it. Now, to be a true local, we know that you've spent time in Canberra. You've come to Kembla Grange. To be a true local, despite being schooled here, you've got to understand this song. Have a listen and we'll talk about it afterwards. Joe, I guarantee you, you're going to be humming that for the next week. We are the mighty Illawarra Steelers. Uh, are you a Dragons fan? No. Are you a Rugby League fan? Yeah. What's your team? Uh, the Raiders, unfortunately. Oh, okay. That, that's okay. Mm, makes sense. That makes does make sense. You've travelled all around Canberra and spent time in Canberra. Did you like their performance last night? You mightn't have had a chance to watch it driving back from Wagga Wagga, but that's now uh, four straight wins for the Raiders. They're, they're, they're five and two or whatever they are, five and four, and they're up to six positions. So the Green Machine, what a comeback. Are you a Ricky Stewart fan? Yeah, you've got a lot of sticky. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Raiders are great at giving false hope to their fans. So <laughs> we'll take the wins when we can. When they leaked 53 points against Penrith only a, a few weeks ago, mm. they they'd only had the one win to that point. I thought they were in real trouble. But as they've been able to do in recent seasons, Matty, they've been able to reconstruct their year. Still a long way to go, but they're back in positive territory and in the top eight. Yeah, and it's funny we talk about Ricky Stewart. When you watch him in the in the <laughs> when he's in the coach's box, he has the same emotions every week. Like if he gets a try, he's into it. It mm. doesn't seem to to be sort of like oh here I am again types of moments from his point of view. So enthusiastic about the way he coaches it, and he, I think you can see it in the, the the performance of the Green Machine year in year out. We talk about them up and down as they are, but the reality of how much talent he's got um, year in year out that way, he he does a good job of coaching that team. When I sit sidelines at GIO Stadium, Ricky's normally sitting sort of in front of me at the end of the bench. He likes to sit sideline at GIO Stadium. But if something goes against him, his go-to reaction is to turn around and kick the chair. And the chair cartwheels straight towards me. So, so I've always got <laughs> to be on hazard. flying plastic chair watch. But, but you're right, I love the passion. He celebrates yeah. the ups and rides the downs. It's just Ricky. So you've got a good team there to support, Joe. What about your other sporting interests? Uh, we know that you're a, you're a very promising, rising horse trainer. Trainer, you're a golfer, uh, you like your rugby league. What else? Is it all sports? Uh, I love a bit of Formula One. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, Different sort of horsepower. Yeah. Mm. yeah, something when I was going to university, staying up late at night, caught it on TV and followed that a fair bit. You got so. a team or a driver you follow? Uh, Red Bull. Okay. And well, Daniel Ricciardo, yeah. obviously. Uh, and now Oscar Piastri, the young Australian. Yes. He's interesting to watch. So, um, no, I just love the, the spectacle of it. It's very technical and. Yeah, I think it helps with uh, with horse training as well. You watch how they operate their teams and their attention to detail. And something that you strive for as well. They're racing today at Kembla Grange down at your home track. Now, uh, what a is there a runner there today that you're particularly excited to see you go around, Joe? I, I, I know that uh, you don't have any in today. Am I right in saying that? But there might be another uh, another trainer or horse that you you think set for a, a decent day. Yeah, I think in, in 
race two, the 1,000 metre class one thrilled at Matthew Smith's. Uh, we bumped it in its first start at an hour the other week. I took a horse there that I thought was quite promising, and, and this one put six lengths on it. Right. Um, so it's, I think it's $2.70 favourite at the moment, but it's probably good odds for a, a very progressive horse. Thrilled, trained by Matty Smith. How, how many trainers are there at Kembla Grange at the moment operating, roughly? I think there's nine or ten. Okay. Yeah. Right. Probably 250 horses in work there. And, and is it a good community? I imagine there's a little bit of competition, or is it is it more friendly and community-oriented as opposed to being competitors? Yeah, I think so. Everyone's got the same goal, and everyone's sort of working in their own direction, but at the same time, there's no niggle between anyone. Everyone's mm. always willing to help out and give a hand. And the Illawarra Turf Club, is it is it angling to grow the training base down there and the different facilities down there? What How exciting is the, the next few years for, for Kembla Grange trainers? Yeah, I think there's a master plan from Racing New South Wales. They've purchased a lot of land around the track. They're going to be putting in a lot of stables and it's going to grow exponentially over the next four to five years, I think. Exciting times. Well, we'll, we'll follow Frilled today at Kembla Grange. Race two, trained by Matt Smith. But tomorrow, you do have some horses engaged, right? Yeah, Sapphire Coast tomorrow. We've got three runners heading down there and three good chances. So uh, in race two, we have I Am Mighty, first up from a spell. She trialled during the week at Kembla Grange. It was very impressive. Um, she's a quirky man. She's, she's one of those horses that does fire up in a run. Uh, and... You need someone who knows it quite well. So she's got Louise Day in the saddle. Okay. She's rode her in the trial, and she was very positive when she came back in. So she's a horse I think can be winning tomorrow at Sapphire Coast. And in race five, we've got El Toro's son. He's getting closer to a win. He's having his fourth career start tomorrow. Uh, he ran really well to run fourth at the Sapphire Coast of 1,400 last time. Yep. So stepping up to the mile will be suitable. So he's a nice chance as well. And in the last, we've got a, a tricky horse to catch, Mil Ciento. He likes to run a lot of placings. Um, mostly around Kembla Grange, so heading down to Sapphire is going to be a dropping grade for him. He can he can certainly round that lot up. So every chance we could walk away with uh, three winners there tomorrow. Oh, I, like I, it. I am mighty. El Toro Sun, Milciento. That's it. Races two, five, and the last. The last. Righto, tomorrow at the Sapphire Coast. I am mighty. El Toro Sun, Milciento. For all our listeners, follow them. All care, no responsibility, but let's see how the mighty Eyeball Racing Stable goes tomorrow at Sapphire Coast. It's been great to meet you, great to have you here. Thank you for your support, and we might check in each week with you just to see what your thoughts are regarding racing that day. You might be available, you might not, but if you could become a regular on Saturdays in the gong, that would be very much appreciated. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Good on you. Joe Eyeball, great to meet you today. Thank you for what you're doing for Kembla Grange and racing as a whole. We'll talk again shortly, but it's time now for the news. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. And it's great to have your company on a beautiful Saturday in the Gong. It's amazing when you speak to someone for half an hour and there's one thing you want to touch on <laughs> and you forget to touch on the main element, eyeball racing. If you want to get to know a bit more about Joe and Tim and the team down there, next Saturday, the 13th, between 10 and 12. Just head to Kingston Town Drive at Kembla Grange and they've got a free event, an open day. Meet the horses, meet the team, just get a feel for the area. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely liberating, refreshing, enjoyable. When you when you meet the the, the animals behind the men, uh, I, I find that such a wonderful experience, Matty. Yeah, look, I mean, and for people that haven't been to a stable before, it's just a, such a great eye-opener into what they actually do and how technical uh, horse training actually is. 
from that point of view, I think, you know, if families are around, if you've got a bit of time, head on down to I Will Race. Check it all out. Meet the team like that, like Maddie said. And, like, just get to know and see what horse racing is about. And uh, I know my kids absolutely love going to the stables, um, especially down at Kenwood Grange. It's such a good environment. And uh, races are on after it. If you do want to stay, yeah. check it out. The Kenwood Grange race day experience itself is a ph- phenomenal day out. And good for kids as well. So good, good family environment. If you want to go with your punters club, check out Eyeball Racing first, then head on into a full day. Do that as well. The open day at the Eyeball Racing team, Saturday the 13th, Kembla Grange, 10 to 12, Kingston Town Drive next Saturday. Now, our panel operator, Dave Anderson, he's going to let me know when we've got Jordan Warren standing by to chime in with all things football. In fact, he's here now. Jordan Warren. Jordan, great to have you uh, join us again. I want to start by making the Mercury. We've got a, uh, a busy typewriter banging away in the background. What do you consider to be the biggest football story of the week? Good morning, Jordan. Yeah, morning, boys. Thanks for having me once again. Uh, well, there's a lot of things happening with the Mercury this week, but one thing that was close to my heart was within the football world, obviously, and uh, a story that I did yesterday about the Wolves and the Stingrays working together for the benefit of football in the region. Now, obviously, there's a lot of uh, important stuff happening in the men's and the women's game uh, this year. Obviously, with the women, you've got the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup just around our corner that we're hosting Australia and New Zealand. And then, of course, for the men's game, we've got an impending national second division uh, potentially happening in a couple of seasons. And the Wolves, the, our local side, they're at the forefront of those discussions. So the Wolves and the Stingrays have decided that they actually decided it at the start of the season, but I, but I wrote the article this week. They've decided that it's important for both clubs to, to work together and share ideas and, and should it, sort of share how they're going to um, benefit each other uh, to, to be able to benefit football in the region with both of those events, both of the National Second Division and the, and the FIFA Women's World Cup coming up just around the corner. Yeah, I read that story, Jordan. I thought it was a wonderful move by both clubs because uh, football in the past in this area has tended to splinter rather than come together. And, and that was a, a really good move by both for the overall betterment of football in this area. Maddie Campbell went to the Wolves last night and watched a, a scoreless draw. But Maddie, you were saying it was still a, a quality game. You thoroughly enjoyed yourself. Yeah, totally. I actually thought the Wolves were all over them. I thought they played an excellent game. They're a really young team and um, they're very, very unlucky. A lot of different Reflections that went hit a lot of the woodwork got hit, skim past the, the goals as it was. So um, it's, it was such a good environment. And like when it was a nil all draw, and I sit there, the frustration that sits <laughs> as a fan watching the game, the build of frustration continually there to then have a nil all. It, it was it was so exciting, and I was there like you talked about. I had Xavier Cooks's dad Eric there with me. Had Josh Giddy. Uh, in both NBA superstars, his dad there, Warwick Giddy, was there. Um, and, and we both talked about it at the end of the game, about how soccer and football that way seems to just keep building the frustration. Because every other sport, there seems to be like, there'll be a try where you release the pressure yep. as a fan. You go back to just being a normal person and then you build again until the score happens. With with football, you could be waiting the whole game and you can see, now I know why there's fights over in the Premier League <laughs> in the fans because they get so frustrated. Well, anticipation, excitement builds during a game. They call it the beautiful game because it just builds and builds and builds until that full-time whistle. What did you make of the, the Wolves scoreline last night? Nil all. They're mid-table, Jordan, and uh, under David Carney, where's their season at, do you think? 
Yeah, I 100% agree with your assessment, Matty, that, that they're all over Blacktown. And they and Blacktown, of course, the defending grand final champions from last season. So to get a nil or result was not too bad. But considering they had a lot of chances, and obviously uh, Lockie Scott, the captain, he missed a penalty in the 55th minute. So it really could have been a result that went the Wolves' way. But in terms of their season overall, we're approaching the halfway mark next week when they play Mount Drill. That's the last uh, game of the first round of the season, if you like. And then it's back to the start. Um, in a 30-game season. They're up to uh, game 14 now. But uh, at the start of the season, they sort of struggled, uh, especially in the, at, at the back. They sort of, uh, Carney at the start of the season, the coach, wanted to play this attacking brand of football, which is great to see. But he was sort of, I feel like the side was sort of forgetting their defensive duties. And, and, and now, a few weeks, they've only conceded, I think, two goals in their past four games. And they are unbeaten in their last four games, although they've had uh, just a win and three draws. But Still, it's positive steps considering that there was games there where they were losing 5-4. They, they were losing late. They lost 2-1 to Sydney FC late on in a game earlier in the season. They conceded another five against St George. Uh, they're, they're improving, definitely, the Wolves. Um, and it'll be interesting to see sort of how they turn it around in the second half of the season. But, yeah, they they would have been ruining the missed chances last night against Blackdown. A draw's still a good result, but they'd... They'd want to get. They want to jump up the table. They don't want to be in the in the middle of the table because that sort of means that they're sort of in the relegation um, question marks. I guess coming the end of the season, if you finish last, you're relegated, and if you finish second last, you're in a playoff with the second place team in the division below. So David Carney and the team will want to get as high up the ladder as possible, and they and they can do that next week uh, at Wynn Stadium when they take on Mount Druitt. They've got back-to-back home games, and Mount Druitt is sitting, I think, second last on the table. So it's definitely a chance for the Wolves to get a win in front of their home faithful next Friday night. Okay, next Friday night, we'll put that in the diary. We'll follow it next Saturday on Saturdays in the gong. When it comes to Football South Coast, the Men's Premier League, there's some news around Coniston. Rob Janofsky parting ways as head coach. Talk to us about that story and the games to watch this weekend in terms of Premier League action here in the Illawarra. Yeah, it was a big shock, Rob Janofsky, uh, losing his job at Coniston. He, Janowski made a name for himself as the Coromel coach when they won the grand final in 2019 against Wollongong Olympic. And he's been at a few clubs, Janowski, but, but he's done some good stuff at Coniston. He's, he's guided the club through COVID-19, uh, the big wet that we call it now as the season. And Coniston, they started the season like a house on fire. They won something like, they lost their first game against Cringilla, but they had a few players sent off in that game. But they did play quite well that night, but they did win a few games after that and I think they went as high as second if not definitely third um, on the ladder this season and then they've gone on a pretty horrid run they've lost three on the trot uh, Coniston have uh, a couple of games against good opposition or against solid opposition and then there was a disappointing loss against lower lower side South Coast United in the last game so I think the writing was on the wall for Janowski but uh, definitely a massive shock uh, in the sense that he, that he lost his job over it so it'll be interesting to see uh, where he sort of heads uh, next in his career, but uh, in terms of this weekend in the Premier League, a couple of bumper games. Uh, Coromel coming up against Cringilla today. Coromel, of course, got a massive win last time out against Wollongong United, 4-3 in a bumper clash last week, and, and Cringilla are flying high uh, in the Premier League this season. And then other games we've got today, we've got Bulleye against Balambi, Tarawana uh, hosting Wollongong Olympic, Albion Park White Eagles against Helensburg, and South Coast United against uh, Wollongong United. And then on Sunday, tomorrow, we've got a double header with uh, wet weather. Balambia going again, and so are Albion Park. Balambia against Albion Park. And then to round out the competition this week, we've got Port Kembla against Coniston without Rob Janowski as the head coach. 
I tell you what, it's such a rich football area. There is always so many good games, so many good players in action during the season. The Premier League just continues to deliver, Matty. Yeah, yeah, um, unbelievable that way. And uh, we're, like, we're also talking, uh, we are talking with Jordan Warren, talking about football across the South Coast. But let's move to the A-League, mate. Where are we up to with that at the moment? Yeah, we're up to the semi-finals, Matty. We've got uh, last night, Adelaide progressed through to the next stage. They beat Wellington 2-0. It was an elimination final. Uh, I think Wellington were sort of all like, it was all she wrote before the game even started. They were coming into finals in horrific form. They uh, won last week against MacArthur, the Wooden Spooners, but before that they lost something like five in a row. Um, so I think the riding was on the wall for Wellington and Adelaide. They've been in not too great form themselves, but they progressed to take on the Mariners next week, which will be an interesting game, considering that last week the Mariners pumped them at home 4-1. So, and, of course, those semi-finals are over two legs next week. So Adelaide against uh, Central Coast Mariners over two legs for a spot in the grand final. And then, of course, tonight we've got an absolutely massive clash, the first time ever a Sydney derby in the semi-finals. And a lot's been made over the Western Sydney Wanderers' great season. It's the first time they've been back in finals in in six seasons. Uh, everyone's been talking about how great Western Sydney Wanderers have been and how poor Sydney FC have been. Well, Western Sydney Wanderers only finished three points above Sydney FC. So it should be an interesting clash tonight to see uh, who wins that one. It'll be hopefully a, a bumper crowd at Combank Stadium in Parramatta and the winner will progress to take on Melbourne City across the two legs. So uh, it should be, uh, everyone should be on the edge of their seats for the game tonight. 7.45 on Paramount Plus and 10. Uh, should be an interesting and, and a massive clash. And Jordan, who are you tipping to win that? Well, I'm biased because I'm a Sydney FC fan. I always have been. So I hope, <laughs> I hope Sydney FC win. But uh, look, it'll be an extremely tough game. Like um, Both teams have beaten each other this season. Um, Sydney FC, I was at the game uh, at Comac Stadium earlier in the season when Sydney knocked off Western Sydney Wanderers 1-0, um, which was a shock result then. And then, But the last time out that the teams played, I didn't go to this game, but it was at the, the newly re- rebuilt Allianz Stadium. And and Western Sydney Wanderers pumped Sydney 4-0. So it really could go either way. But I think the thing with, with derbies is that form goes out the window. And especially with finals, uh, the season before that's come before really doesn't matter. It's, it's whoever turns up on the day. But look, uh, my heart says Sydney. Um, but to be, all, to, to be honest, I think that uh, we've got a couple of injuries. Joe Lolly's been one of our best players this season. He, he limped off last week. We finished the game with, with nine men against the Jets last week. So I think that Wanderers are definitely favourites. But of course, my heart says Sydney will, will progress to take on Sydney. Jordan, we've only got about 20 seconds or so, but tell us quickly about Kai Calderbank Park. You wrote a wonderful story on Kai this week. Yeah, no, a great kid, Kai. I played with him in my, back in my playing days, which seems like a long time ago. I played with Kai for a season um, a few years ago. But, yeah, he, he's travelled overseas, and he's been uh, to be, he's a professional uh, goalkeeper, and he's with Wrexham, which, of course, has, has gained so much traction with their owners being... Um, one of their owners being Ryan Reynolds, global movie star. So Kai was telling me this week how his best mates with Ryan and his best mates with Ryan's mate Will Ferrell. So uh, he's playing he's playing with uh, Rex and Rezies and he's uh, doing his best to try and get in that first team. But he's been involved in, in the, the massive global phenomenon that is Rexham after they were promoted to the English Football League after 15 years. So it was great to chat to a local uh, Unandera product, Kai. And uh, yeah, great kid. And hopefully he continues to kick on in his career. You can read Jordan's wonderful work in the Illawarra Mercury. Jordan, great to have you with us again this Saturday in the gong. If you want to bump into Jordan, head down to the Jambrew pub. Chances are he'll be there. (laughs) Jordan, have a great Saturday, mate. We'll talk again next weekend. Yeah, go on, you boys. Thanks. More right after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. 
visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. It's a big weekend for a South Coast family we love, Matt Campbell. The Sims family, Ruan, coached the country women to victory on Thursday night, assisted by Alicia Kate Hawke, another mm-hmm. great Illawarra Rugby League servant. They won 18-12 after trailing 12-0 with Steelers, Kezi Apps, Tegan Berry, Keely Brown, Carla Cowan and Vienna Tiano uh, all playing a role. So well done to Ruan Sims and the country women's team as they head towards their Origin Series mid-year. Now, Ashton Sims, who heads up Group 7, great tweet this week. The Group 7 will join competitions across New South Wales to deliver our respect round. We are committed to ensuring Group 7 creates a positive, encouraging environment for players, officials, spectators and volunteers. He says, we love rugby league. So... We need more of that in all sports, don't we? Yeah, they did. They had that last night at the the soccer as well. They did a 30-second clap at the start of the game for respect for referees on the back of last week's incident that happened in the horrible assault on the Western Sydney referee Mm. that broke his jaw. Mm. That was... It it just underlines why we need to err on the side of being so respectful, even if there's a mistake, mate. At the end of the day, who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Move on. Mm. And today in Group 7... Overseen by Ashton Sims. Berry Shoalhaven against Albion Park Oak Flats. Shell Harbour against Nowra Bomaderry. Tomorrow, Milton Ulladulla against Jeringong. Warilla against Kaima. And the Stingrays against Jamboree. So, five games this weekend. Two today, three tomorrow. And completing the Sims trifecta, Tarek Sims in action tonight for the Melbourne Storm against South Sydney. Who are you tipping in that game? Oh, I'm on the Storm, funny enough. And uh, okay. I think the, the I think um, Tarek coming off the bench in that space will be the difference. So, I'm actually looking forward to watching that game. Phil Gould says the first thing he picks in a rep team is the bench. Mm. And I reckon Craig Bellamy needs and knows he needs oh. a good bench. And Tarek Sims' experience, I'm physicality... Yep. Right there plays a major role. So well done, Ruan, Ashton and Tarek Sims delivering to rugby league across different uh, arenas. We're back right after this. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Good to have you with us. We just saw Illawarra Cricketer of the Year, Graham Batty. In fact, he's played 22 consecutive seasons, tee off in the club championships here at Wollongong Golf Club. Now he's given away wheel in the willow. Gee, you can wheel the iron pretty well. <laughs> you can smash a ball. And what... Three weekends of club championships here at Wollongong. That's right. First weekend this weekend of club champs. And, uh, yeah, everybody's out to play. Full golf course as we look out on it. Well done to the South Coast Blaze netball team. Too good for Central Coast during the week 52-51. Couple of big games in local sport today. Firstly, South Coast AFL. Figgy Roos v Wollongong Bulldogs. 2-10 victory oval. They're both unbeaten. And Kiama against Shoalhaven. 3 p.m. in Kiama. That's for Illawarra Rugby. Both unbeaten as well. So a couple of unbeaten teams across the codes going out there. Maddie Campbell, if you haven't seen it yet, go and see Air, the Jordan Nike movie. Fantastic. They 
anticipated sales of $1 million in the first year after his signature. Sales topped 126. On that financial note, it's goodbye. Saturday's in the gongs.